Welcome listeners. Welcome to another episode of Mama Relax. And today we are going to talk about young marriage. So divorce rates are highest among couples in their 20s. And Natalie and I are part of those statistics. So we're going to talk to you guys about our experience and the things that we learn. So maybe you can have some new insights based on our experiences. Hope you enjoy. Hi, girl. Hi, Mile. How are you, Mama? Good, good. Um, I'm excited and scared about the topic today because it's kind of heavy and, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think think it's like, I don't think it's heavy. I think that, you know, it's, it's realistic. It's something that could help a few people out there. I don't think that, you know, if, for example, you are going to thinking of getting married and you're on your early twenties, it's like a horrible thing. We're not here to make you feel bad about yourself. So, you know, it could be exciting. I think it's an exciting time. I remember being personally excited at that time in my life. Um, but we just want to give you some like life, real life experiences so that, you know, you are making your decision in a more comfortable way, I guess. <laughs> I mean, a little yeah, more realistic that. of what to expect. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that, you know, the episode of today is when I mean have, it's like, depending on where you are in the situation, you know, if you already got married and you're already regretting and having second thoughts, then maybe this podcast is going to, you know, be happy for you. If you are completely in love, maybe this is going to be like, oh my God, I never thought about that. And it's going to be like on a positive, on a more positive note, so you can have your insights and prepare yourself better. So yeah, I mean, divorce rates are higher among couples in their 20s, and you and I are part of these statistics, like I said before. And and that's okay, because honestly, I am... Okay, so I got married at 22, and then I got divorced at 29-ish, 29. And then, I'm, you know, I just got married now, February 2nd. And I am 37. So there you go. You guys know my age now. And <laughs> and that's fine. And you know, no, like, I feel that. Can we pause okay. for a second? Because I need to, like, so you said you got married at what, 22? And I'm divorced at 29? I got married at 22. Then I got divorced at 29. Um, I didn't then... realize it was that long. I thought it was less yes. time. <laughs> I mean, no. time is like no. a, um, time is a blur. Yeah. I mean, I feel that I got like we separated. I was like 28 and then we got like signed the papers of divorce when I was 29. So we like we broke apart, which they call separated until you sign the papers. And then after you sign the papers is divorced. That's what I understood. Um, Yeah. But and then and then I I party my head off. You were there (laughs) on my 30s. And, you know, on my 30s, I, like, party like a rock star. Like, there was no tomorrow. I mean, I always went out and, you know, like, of course, never cheated respectfully. You know, I enjoy my 20s, even though I was married. I didn't have kids. I don't have kids. And then, but when I got divorced, it was, like, game on. Um, And then, 
And that was good because, you know, I got married the first time at 22. And the biggest thing I learned is that when you go straight from your parents' house, like I did, to basically being married, because I moved from Brazil here, and then I was living with roommates for like a few months. Then I moved with my ex in July. We got married in December. So I went to be like, you know, living with my parents to basically be married. And uh, you never really get the chance to solidify your own identity. Like you are forever identifying yourself as someone's kid or someone's spouse. You know, if you have kids, then in that case, like someone else's mom. So after they got divorced and like, and that was right when I was about to turn 30, I didn't really know who I was on my own. And so many of my interests were, you know, my ex interests. And I went and I, I retried everything to decide for myself who I was and, you know, what I like and what I dislike. So after my divorce, like I really took my sweet time to be single and and really create, like discover myself. You know, I like I said on I think our first podcast, I read a bunch of books. I had to go to therapy to get over my divorce to like feel better. But until I had time to go to the therapist, like I read so many books about breaking up relationship and and all that. Um, and then I went to therapy and it's like, that was part of me building myself and finding out who I am, what I like, what I dislike, regardless of somebody else. And then when this happened, when I kind of like got a hold of myself by, you know, by me, when I got into relationships, I was like, no, this is not okay. So, you know, goodbye. Or like, oh my God, this is so nice. This person is really nice. That's awesome. And also that reflected in other areas of my life, like my work. Because when you don't know who you are, you also don't know what you like and dislike regarding your career, regarding friends, regarding everything else. So, you know, I feel that before you get married, I wish I had had the time to kind of find, figured out who I was before I got married. Um, because I feel that I, it would have saved me from some troubles, like some things could have been avoided. But I'm glad that I was able to do that afterwards. You know, some people can't um, or, you know, they are not mentally there yet. So the struggle is more complicated, I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my experience is a, a little bit different. I wasn't so much, you know, I was we were both kind of like the same age and we both were very individual. Like, you know, I still was in my journey of learning who I was. And I was able to do that with my, you know, with my ex-husband, he was very open to that, which was something that I always, I always talk very highly of him because we did have a good relationship. We were more friends than we were. Um, we were just really good friends. Um, and, but to your point, even if we were still living in our twenties and, you know, we didn't deprive ourselves of like going out and, and having a good time and, um, kind of still learning individually on in our careers, for example, it comes to a point where you do grow apart, you know, and in my case, that's what happened. Like he wanted to go to law school and I knew that that process was going to be very restrictive to our relationship. You know, um, I was going to have to like pause a lot of things in my life because again, when you're in your early twenties, you're so you don't have a lot of money, <laughs> you know, so yep. it's not like, 
And if you're adding, you know, going to school and having a, a job and stuff, and I knew that I was going to have to stop my life a little bit for him to accomplish those dreams. And I, it was at that point, I think that we both realized that, you know, we needed to go our separate ways at that point, because I wanted something different. I wanted to travel. I wanted to, you know, eventually move up here to New York. And um, I don't think I would have been able to do all those things um, with him because we were so young, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is different, but, you know, we had to learn how to be adults together with that person that you just got married to. And you were trying to, so you're trying to be, you, you were learning to be an adult on your own and with somebody else. And so, you know, their insecurities becomes your insecurities, your problems become their problems. And that's when, you know, when you don't have the maturity to, to deal with those situations, that's when, you know, you can crash and burn. And we had to make, you know, all those big decisions, like you have to choose in between, you know, be, be truth to yourself or, you know, kind of not be truth to yourself so you can help him out. And, you know, you have to make those big decisions about career, housing, finances at a time when we weren't emotionally mature enough to do so. And then, and that's really hard because then we take it very personal when it's really not personal. It's like you can blame a five-year-old for not understanding physics, like, you know, quantic physics. I mean, they don't have the, the mental capacity to do so. And I feel that, you know, sometimes when I was in my relationship, in my marriage or my twenties, like there was a lot of things that came my way that I wasn't, I was like the five-year-old that can understand physics because my brain was not all there. Um, because at, at, at your twenties, your brain is still developing. So I feel that, you know, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, they're completely different. And I feel that it's the same thing for, you know, like a 20-year-old and a 25-year-old. It's completely different. Like your mentality, you are completely different. Of course, it all depends on your upbringing. You know, if you're more mature than the average person, like, you know, a lot of things coming to play here. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I'm talking based on my, you know, normal person experience. I feel that, you know, in majority of the cases, when you talk to a 20-year-old and when you talk to a 25-year-old, it's like, oh my God, it's like a 20 year difference. And it really isn't, but it's just like that age. It's so like every year is just so much. The same thing with a toddler, like every year is just so much. Absolutely. Like, yeah, no, I, I can't agree more with you there. And also like, not only are you emotionally immature, but also financially you're immature and you're in the worst place right you're gonna you're learning everything new you're probably starting your career you're not making a lot of money you have to learn to live um with what you have and then you add to the equation having to take into consideration another person that's a lot of responsibility a lot of responsibility for you know for a young person to handle um so i think that's mainly where you know where divorce happens and why it happens. It has to do a lot, you know, obviously with being immature emotionally because you're still figuring out who the fuck you want to be and all that stuff that comes, you know, with young adulthood, but also financially, that's a big, big reason why things don't work out. If you go into something like this, thinking that it's going to be easy peasy because love is enough, it's not always enough. Like you're not going to know how to handle those hard situations, whether it's financially or even emotionally, you know, like we're like, uh, we're, we're young. We don't know how to handle certain things because you don't know what you don't know. You have to have that experience first to like be able to 
um, go through it and then know and learn little by little how to handle certain situations. So completely agree with you there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, but again, this doesn't apply to everyone. Like, you know, this is not, you know, young marriages cannot be treated as a one shoe fits all because like Milena says, everybody has different levels of maturity. You could be 22 and last with your boo until you guys are 80 and it's super cute. Not a problem. Yeah. Um, My, my, my grandma. So it's funny because I have my, my dad parents, they got married. She was 19 and he was 21. And my grandmother passed away when she was 86 and she had Alzheimer's and he took care of her, um, you know, and there was a point where she remembered him when he was young, but not when he was old. So when she was looking at him and he was like, so he was 88, she didn't recognize him. And and they're like very, they're like from the country. They're very um, simple people. And he wouldn't understand that she, you know, it was her disease that was making her not remembering him. And that would crush him and he would cry. Like, I'm your husband, you know? And that was like so sad. So like they literally spend 70 plus years together. And it was like so beautiful. And she married when she was 19 and he was 21. And then my mom's mom, she married my grandfather. She was 16 and he was 21, 22. And and she say, she's like, you know, I, I liked him and I thought it could change him. And that's the first thing. And I, I mentioned this in the podcast before. She's like, you do not change people. People change for themselves, not for you or because you want them to. So she married this man. Then my, my grandfather cheated on her. He was not like the best husband. And, you know, and she thought that she could she, she could change him. And, you know, they stayed together because that's what they, they did back then. You know, there was no not possibility for divorce or anything like that back then but like she had a really shitty marriage you know with my grandfather um but and 16 that is so 16 is i mean just to think of that that makes me like yeah. cringe i know it's uh, different times you know every our oh, yeah. grandparents times are yeah. completely different but yeah. 16 it's like oh my god no what are you doing <laughs> exactly <laughs> you don't have yeah. a responsibility to change anybody or even like yeah. get into that like go and be a teenager yeah. <laughs> but but you know again but like back in the days people were like you know kids work at 12 you know and that was and that was normal so yeah. like you know back in the day it was a different case but i'm just saying like i have two completely different experiences that like they're both very young marriage you yeah. know but one they were like so in love and it was so cute they would fight all the time but like you know those kind of funny couple fights yeah and then my my grandma my mom parents they were like um you know i remember going to their house and they they wouldn't talk for like months at a time and i would me and my brother would be like sending messages like my grandpa like tell your grandfather that the the dinner is ready or you know tell your grandfather that he needs to go to the grocery store and buy this this and that so because they weren't talking to each other and it's like oh my god this is so crazy so yep oh my god i do love yeah i do love those cute like old people stories that they last forever like the the good ones not your grandparents your great grandparents (laughs) like that is so cute and and i and i do you know i'm a romantic at heart and even though like you know i was married and like i did you know get a divorce and everything like i do believe that is there is always the possibility of having those long beautiful relationships from when you're really young and they are you know successful i think that i don't think it's easy 
Um, I don't think I need to meet these people to know that they've worked really hard, you know, to keep the relationship alive and to make it work. But your love has to be so strong and you have to be so prepared for everything that marriage throws at you, right? Whether you have kids or don't have kids, I don't think that it's just that the children make it harder. I think that, you know, you're living with somebody and you make a commitment to them and if, and you need to treat it that way and, you know, kind of not just kind of remind yourself to not give up on the first thing that goes wrong in the relationship. Um, but the, the love, the foundation, um, has to be very, very, very strong, um, for it to work for the long run. No, for sure. I agree a hundred percent. And I think that, you know, it's all about managing expectations. I mean, first of all, throw the expectations into the garbage because expectations is, is the root of unhappiness. You know, once you expect something from somebody, it's just not going to happen. Expectations, just this illusion, illusion in your head. You know, it's just this thing that you created, this concept that it should be this way, you should be like this. And it's like, who are you, you know, to de to determine something like that? Things are never going to happen how we have it in our head. We can envision, we can hope, we can have goals. But, you know, that's like, oh my God, I hope this happened. But it's not like, this has to happen. And that's how expectation actually goes. And I feel that, you know, then you're you're setting yourself for like a very bumpy road. And there are many reasons why a young person get married. You know, maybe it's the the big party and the wedding gown to be, you know, the center of the attention for the day or because they have romanticized, you know, those notions of finding their soulmate and have a fairy tale wedding or want the extra security that sometimes people think they have when they get married. And usually those who marry for those reasons, they could be in for like a, a bumpy road, um, mm -hmm. you know, and they speed you off separation because their main reason to want to be married was because the person was not okay inside. Like, you know, this expectation management that I was talking before, you know, like this person got married for the wrong reasons and, you know, and the marriage is not going to fix it. So getting married and have a big party and be the center of the attention won't fix your insecurities. It needs to be the center of attention. You know, it's not a good reason to get married marriage you know if you feel insecure with your partner think that he cheats on you or something like that marry him won't change it like my grandma went through it um you know you should you should never marry someone from a place of fear insecurity or trying to fix something on the other hand you know there are people who marry their childhood sweetheart or the person they fell in love with you know along their life and that's it and that's it and they're happy and it's because they they know each other. They were best friends before. They know like all the, the dirty secrets and all the skeletons inside of the closet. And they were okay with it. They're not like, oh my God, I'm going to marry you and I'm going to change this about you. I'm going to marry you and this is not going to happen anymore. It's like, no, it will happen. Like, get it out, like get over. It's not going to happen. Those, you know, those people that marry somebody and accept them exactly how they are for who they are, those are the successful marriages, you know, for the most part, based on all the books and articles that I've read through my life, like those are the, the couples that are successful, the ones that accept each other how they are. When there is a bump on the road, they work together instead of, you know, like blame each other and playing like those nasty games that sometimes we do with our partner. Like success in relationships happen when you accept, forgive, have patience and, you know, 
let's do this together. That's that's the whole concept of, of marriage. It's like we're on this together for, for better or for worse. Absolutely. And that's at any age, honestly. I see it so much with older people too for that sure. want to get married and want to change people. And like when we say you truly accept somebody, like you truly accept that person just as they are, even in the moments that they annoy you, because let me tell you, they will, it will happen. Like it's not, you know, everybody and and that's not going to be just your partner you're going to annoy them too (laughs) like you're they're they're thinking the same thing like it's not like you know but it's just truly in those moments you know where you're like I truly accept this person just the way they are and I love them regardless of like how annoying they that could come across sometimes I feel that as time passes and when you truly love someone like those little things that annoyed you that, you know, are so true to that person with time, you find them cute. <laughs> you find them like, oh, you know, like that's just, that's so him, you know, um, that's happened to me. Exactly. Like, going the other way, it was always like, oh, it annoyed me at first, but I'm like, it's not, it's annoying, but it's not like a deal breaker. And then like with time, I was like, oh, oh, I love that. You know, like I, I truly love this person just the way they are. Um, and it's just better for your mental health. Just sitting exactly. there trying to make someone that doesn't exist, like, go find it out there. If that's how you feel now and you're going to get married, whether you're, it's young or, or later, and that's how you feel now, that maybe that person is not for you and you need to find the person that you want. It's out there. You just have to have patience for it to come to you. Yeah. And, you know, pick your battles. I mean, leave the, the toothpaste open. Is that like the end of the world? Like, come on, you know, like there are things that are like deal breakers. He cheats. He's too money. He takes the rent money and go gamble. You know, like there are a lot of things that are like, oh, my God, like this is a deal breaker. There are things that annoying us that it's like drives you crazy, but it's not a deal breaker. And like make the separation, like pick your battles. So, you know, the little things that annoying you look the other way because there are things that you do that annoy the person too i can guarantee you i can guarantee you yep that's why the foundation the foundation has to be really strong because those things will come up and like again financially you have to be just very um going into this just understand that there will be struggles to be had and also ask yourself the hard question of am i willing to support my partner if things go south you know financially or in health wise for example those are very big responsibilities this is not your boyfriend that you're you know seeing every other weekend like this is your husband or your wife you're living with them god forbid you know they get sick or lose their job are you willing to you know and you know what sometimes the answer is no i'm not willing to and there's nothing wrong with that either that's there's nothing wrong with that if you ask yourself that question you say you know what I love this person, but I don't know if I, I am capable of, you know, handling the stress of if something bad happens in the future or the near future, if I can't take care of them, then that's your answer right there. You're not ready for that marriage. You're not ready for that person. You, you're, you're still learning and figuring out what you want to do with your life. You know, you don't want to be in a position where you're already in the game and then that person loses their job, for example, and you're, you just run away because you weren't ready. That's not fair to them. That's not fair to you. So, you know, you have to ask yourself those questions before you step into that. And it looks very scary, but trust me, if you're really in love and that person's, uh, that person's for you, 
you will make it work and it will, it wouldn't be a second question in your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and be honest, ask the questions, you know, like, so my, my husband, he has PTSD because he served in the military for 12 years and I didn't really know much about PTSD until I started dating him. And then I did a lot of research and PTSD is like, it's a real thing. It's a, and it's a big, huge deal actually. So, you know, I, and I am okay with his PTSD because he's willing to work on it. It's not like, you know, he has a problem and he's denied and it's affecting our life. It's like, no, he goes to therapy, he reads books, he listens to podcasts about, you know, like mental health. Like he's, he's like a working in progress, in progress person, which we all are, you know, a work in progress, but he's really like always trying to be a better person. And that to me is everything everything like we all have problems but the fact that he's always trying to be a better person that to me is like everything you know like he has traumatic brain injury so you know the way that his brain process information it's different because you know his brain was damaged so you know sometimes he over explain himself just because that's the way that he's his brain process information now he had to relearn to talk so it's like I am okay with all those things because, again, he's a, a work in progress and he's always trying to be a better person. I would not be okay if he was, you know, a veteran with PTSD that denied his situation, that had problems, you know, looking for help and that would affect me as a person. And then I would not be okay being with him at all. I wouldn't be okay. But because, you know, he's always trying to be a better human being, then I am very much okay being with him. I had boyfriends before that, did not have PTSD, you know, that I know of, did not have all the traumas that he had. And they were such shitty people, you know, like they they didn't ever want to do better. They didn't ever want to work on themselves. You know, they they never grew up like their maturity level and their emotional uh, intelligence was like the same problem as when they are, you know, in high school. So like those things matter very, very much. So, you know, if you know that your partner has uh, um, like, you know, health condition, do the research, do your homework on the health condition and see if you are okay dealing with that. And like Natalie said, if you are okay dealing with that, you know, then good for you. And if you're not okay dealing with it, then good for you, you know, but be honest with it. Like be honest because it's not fair to that person, you know, to be like, well, I think we're together, but if something happened, then I guess we're not like, no, you need to tell the person because you would, you would like if somebody did that to you as well. So it goes both ways. Absolutely. And like, you know, after, I mean, it, I know that obviously you never want to think about the negative stuff, but it's necessary to like have a good general idea of what you're signing up for, because, you know, if you're in love with somebody and you're married for the right reasons, you will do it without hesitation. That's just, you know, you will help out and you will not, yeah, you'll have to sacrifice stuff and you'll do it with no hesitation because the love is there and you, you love that person. Um, but those are real life scenarios, things that could actually happen. I know it's hard to see that or think of that when you're, you know, 21, 22, but those things do happen. You just, you, you can't predict life. So it's just good to have a um, good grasp of of what are the possibilities and if you're willing to go the extra mile and stay with your person and do the hard work because it's not easy, you know, in the, the day of day, it's not easy. Um, but if again, if there's love, it's always 
easier to manage, <laughs> but we can say it like that. Yeah. But again, like, you know, I have, I know these things because I went through, through things before. So, you know, if I was in my twenties and I was in the situation that I am now, I would act completely different because I didn't know better. So, you know, people who survived the divorce in their twenties often learn things they could not have learned in any other way, not even by living together and not being and not be married because you know you can you can live with somebody and not be married and that's different than when you get married like things get a little bit more serious you know when you join finances when you thinking you know forever and those things might help them you know go on to make for a stronger unions than they might otherwise had made so if you didn't go through your divorce in your 20s you maybe you wouldn't have this mentality that you have now in your 30s 40s or whatever age you are right now you know, you just have to walk those bumpy roads in order to, you know, get to the top of the mountain and see the beautiful view. Like you just don't show up in the top of the mountain. You have to take step by step by step and work your way up. But again, like it's all about communication, especially with yourself. I feel that, you know, be honest with yourself, ask yourself questions, like do research, read books, talk to old people that, that were married, like, oh my God, elderlies have so much knowledge to give to us. You know, I love to talk to my grandparents because they have so much to teach me because they know they have been married. They have been in love. We think old people didn't have like experiences in their lives and they had so much, you know, so talk to elderly people if you have the opportunity and ask questions like, how was when you were dating? How was when you first met your husband? Like, how did you feel? How was your, your marriage? Like people love to talk about things things like that. People love to talk about themselves and you can learn so much from somebody. So, 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 so much. So, you know, give people a chance to, to, to teach you based on their life experience. That's beautiful too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And I love hearing those stories, you know, like I love to sit down with people, random people and ask them like, how did you meet? And what is the hardest thing you've ever like, accomplished so together? you know, like, I yes. love those stories, but you do bring a good point to like, learning from your experiences and stuff. Like, I know that one thing that really like affected me when I w got divorced was that feeling of like, I failed, you know, I felt like a complete failure. Like I couldn't get over the fact that I couldn't make my relationship work. And that, that I think it hurt the most just because we didn't, you know, you know, like most people end up marriages and they end up in a bad note kind of thing. You let things build up. I always considered myself very mature and, you know, my ex-husband was extremely mature as well. So like, you know, so much so like we were literally in tears, both of us, when we went to the court to get divorced, like even the, the judge was like, why are you like, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, why oh you, my gosh. Sure? <laughs> yeah. But I did feel like a failure because I was like, you know, like we had a good relationship. We were, like I said, we were really good friends. Um, and I beat myself up for, for a while because I felt like I, I just gave up too quickly. Um, and it took me a minute to really realize that, you know, it wasn't, I'm, I'm very happy with my decision to, to this day. Obviously, you know, I was only 24 when we got divorced. Um, so I was still very young. So I was able to accomplish so many things that I would have not been able to if I was in that relationship, if I stayed in that relationship. But to Milena's point, you know, you are, if you are in, in, in that time where you have, you are getting separated and you're still young and you're like, if you feel like a failure, you know, 
take the good because it's true. You life will be normal again. You will find somebody else and you will fall in love and remarry and have kids or, or whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life. Um, and things do get better. And you learn so much from that experience. So take everything that you've learned, the good, the bad, so that for your next time around, you know, things are, um, handled in a better, in a better way. So just saying like, you know, sending you a lot of love. If like you are in that position where you feel like you failed, you didn't, you know, it was just an experience that you needed to learn from and that it's going to make you the, the, the best version of yourself, your future self, basically. So just wanted to make sure that for those that are going through that rough patch, they, they know that it's just part of the process, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, divorce was really hard for me. I was the first person. I mean, yeah, the first person in my family to get divorced. I'm like my immediate family, you know, like my my uncles and and aunts and my parents and my grandparents. Like, even though a lot of people should have been divorced, like I was the actually first one that did it. So it was like pretty much a shock and embarrassing and a lot of things. And, you know, I'd never really... I told my parents because I the insides of my relationship of like you know the problems and stuff because I feel that once everything is fine then they they start hating your significant other so it's like I don't like to really tell my problems to my parents because I you know I don't feel that good things come out of it I like to organize myself by myself maybe that's not a good idea but that's how I do it so like when I when I got divorced and I told my parents months later I told them because I didn't want them to, you know, I I was not ready emotionally to have that conversation. So when I told them, my their first question was like, why? What what did I do? I don't know if you guys watch Mrs. Maisel, the wonderful Mrs. Maisel, but like that was me. I was telling my parents and they were blaming me for 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 the divorce. And they not even knew the story. And it was awful. Like I didn't talk to my dad for uh, for a while because I was so mad that you know he blamed me even though he didn't know anything, and I was super pissed. And then, uh, but then you know everything. He apologized and everything was okay. But it was really really hard. And when I actually went to the courthouse to get divorced, you know my ex at the time. He was already living with somebody else. We were not even separated for that long. And he was already living with somebody else. Her picture was on his phone. And, you know, it was so disrespectful, I felt. Because, you know, for seven years plus, we were a family. And then, you know, when we were dissolving that family, he didn't have the respect or, you know, the consideration of, I don't know, being more thoughtful about it. I don't know. I just felt that could have been better. I wish I had your experience, you know, but that that was my experience. And I was like very much heartbroken. And then again, I had to go to therapy and and so forth. And it's really damn hard. But, you know, you have to put on the work, like, you know, suppress your feelings and it's not going to help you, you know, pretend that nothing is going on inside of you when you have like all this anger and sadness bubbling inside of you. It's not going to help you, you know, like sit by yourself in a room and cry as much as you as you can because that's going to really help you feel better you know feel all the emotions that you have inside of you you don't have to act upon your emotions you know if you feel like killing your significant other don't do it don't act upon your emotions just feel them you know feel anger feel sadness you know like scream at a pillow punch your couch you know like 
do like some healthy coping with your emotions, but feel them because based on my experience, when you suppress your emotions, when you, you know, people that jump from relationship to relationships and they never really like feel what that is to be felt after the breakup, like they're just transferring the problem from the next relationship to the next relationship into the next relationship. And that's not fair to those people that you were like, you know, destroying along the way. So I'm glad that I took the time to heal myself and felt all and feel all the emotions that I had to to feel back then. Because again, like now I know how to, I know, I know if something is going on, I know that I can survive. You know, um, that is like, it's just so empowering. It's so powerful to survive something so hard, like a divorce on a very young age. It's, you know, if it doesn't break you, it's really going to make you because you're going to feel, you're going to get to the other end of feeling like so strong, so, so strong, but you have to put on the work, you know? Yeah, you no, really absolutely. Do. And like, yeah, I had a good experience. Not, I mean, a good experience for a divorce. There's never a great experience, but I have, I had a, you know, a much unusual kind of separation, right. Where I think like most young marriages, you know, it's more going to be something that what you went through, you know what I mean, Mila? where, you know, you, you're young, you're immature. If you get divorced, like expect your partner or even yourself to react in ways that you've never seen them before, you know, like they don't care. They're not going to have the level of maturity to talk things out, you know? So that's something that also needs to be taken into consideration and, and understand that again, like it's not the best situation, but it's kind of like the normal situation because, you're dealing with a 20 something year old that hasn't even matured yet. And they don't, they're not well equipped to have most of the time, not saying it's all everybody's case, but most of them, they're not well equipped to handle something that is very serious. And like, even though they treat you like they don't care or whatever, and they might show that on the outside. I think that it's also important to understand that they're also going through the separation. They're also going through in their head, they're thinking about the failure and everything, even if they're showing you otherwise. So, you know, being kind and kind of like, if you already prepare yourself for something like this and you go into it with the right mentality, knowing that that's uh, that's a possible ending um, kind of will help you mentally too. Um, because it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. And I mean, nobody gets married to get divorced, you know, like that's crazy. So, you know, we are all hope your relationships last forever and ever. And then you guys are like, you know, fairy tale, beautiful wedding. But if it isn't, it's, it feels like the end of the world, but it is not, you know, you will survive. And in order to avoid, you know, those things from happening, um, just have an open relationship you know, open communication in a relationship with yourself and with your partner and, you know, and how to shake it off this feeling of failure. If you do have a breakup is, you know, feel your feelings, read some books, maybe see a therapist. And again, on when you get to the other side, you're going to feel so much better. And, you know, that happily ever after is a large part of the problem because as a culture, we seem to believe that marriage is kind of 
an end point and a solution to like all evil rather than the start of a complex process that, you know, depending on who you are and where you are in your life, it could go many different ways. Like, you know, it can go good or bad. You can stay together or or not together down the road. So happily ever after, happily ever after doesn't fucking exist. You know, like we have happy moments. We have sad moments. You know, overall, you we hope to be happier than sadder. But that doesn't mean that, you know, happily ever after. I mean, again, my my grandparents were together for over 70 years and they were happy overall. But I remember them, you know, arguing over stupid things. And, you know, maybe they were like, oh, are you guys happily ever after from like the outside view? Or like, yes, they're for sure happily ever after. But maybe their insides like, no, absolutely not. She's Norse. He doesn't shower or, you know, whatever it is the case. It's like. Happily ever after is dangerous. Like the stuff that we we saw, we see movies when we saw in movies when we were little, it's dangerous. Like it's not like that. And you know, it's not like that at all. Like reality is very, very different. And you know, we always project our insecurities and problems on the other person. And it's like, how perfect are you for Christ's sake? You know, like how perfect are you? How like hello, wake up, you're not. And and I and I thought I was always like amazing, and the problem was always the other person. And then you know, I did some some digging, and I'm like, well, actually, I'm kind of a control freak. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, like uh, some stuff, it's it's me. And yeah. there we go. Maybe I am part of the not happily ever after. And you know, fuck it, that's okay. Yeah, it just because when you at least when you and there's nothing wrong with that, like there's nothing wrong with admitting. I think it's beautiful when you're able to accept the fact that you you get to accept all the parts of you. Right. So you accept, for example, you said the control freak thing when you are able to open up and accept everything, the good, the bad about yourself, you're very you're more equipped to choose a partner in a more from a better place. You know what I mean? It's not that you are ruining, yes. you're the one ruining the relationship you're in at the moment. It's just that you just chose the wrong person because you were hiding parts about yourself that you didn't want to admit or fully accept, you know? So that's something that's, yeah. And, and again, going back to that, like it's hard to accept those things about yourself when you are so young, because you still have so much to learn. You need to have those experiences to come to the conclusion. Oh, you know what? I'm this way and maybe I need to change this. And like, you can't realize those things if you're not going through those life experiences that are hard and that will make break you. But at the very end, like make you the best version of yourself. Yeah. And sometimes you really don't know your, your issues. Like I did not know that I was a control freak until, you know, I, I did some thinking and therapy and I read books and I'm like, okay, I am a control freak. I didn't know. I did not know. I had no idea. It's like fish doesn't know that they are inside of water. Fish doesn't know. Like they don't know, you know, and, and I, and I didn't know that I was swimming this whole time that I was in the water. I didn't know. I had to actually like, you know, get kind of outside and look within. I'm like, okay, so this is kind of one of my biggest issues. And again, like you have to be willing to recognize those things because once you do recognize, then you can work with it. So, and I definitely recommend like John Gottman uh, books. Um, they have like an Institute of Relationship 
And I recommend the book, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. It's really, really, really amazing. And I also recommend Esther Perel, Esther Perel uh, Mating in Captivity, Unlocking Erotic Intelligence. She also has an amazing podcast, um, Esther Perel. She's a Belgian um, psychologist and she's amazing. I definitely recommend those books. I love it. And we can definitely include those as well, um, as we usually do on the on the show notes so that it's easily accessible for you guys to, you know, um, access those and reach out and learn something. Yep. And I found like two quotes from Dr. John Gottman that I really liked. Um, the first one is, I have found 94% of the time the couples who put a positive spin on their marriage's history are likely to have a happy future as well. When happy memories are distorted, it's a sign that marriage needs help. That's so true. That's so um, Oh my God. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then the other one is in the last decade or so, science has discovered a tremendous amount about the about the whole emotion. Hold on, I'm gonna start again. In the last decade <laughs> or so, science has discovered a tremendous amount about the whole of emotions in our lives. Researchers have found that even more than IQ, your emotional awareness and abilities to handle feelings will determine your success and happiness in all walks of your life, including family and relationship. So, you know, uh, it's from John Gottman when he's talking about raising an emotionally intelligent child. So yeah, like emotional awareness and emotional intelligence is not something that you were born with it's like you know it's a it's a working process it depends on your upbringings it depends on like the work that you put it on yourself to acquire that emotional intelligence i know people that are absolutely zero in emotional intelligence and they are like you know 40 plus years old and they have zero emotional intelligence and you know their relationship sucks their life overall sucks because they don't know how to do with their emotions, which it's crazy. Yeah, because at that point, your emotions take over you. So, you know, you let anything angry. Those are the people that I always see that are like extremely angry. Yep. You know, they, they react so quickly. They don't even like finish the, let the other person finish the sentence. They're already like protecting themselves and defending themselves. That's because they're not emotionally mature to handle that. Like when you're emotionally mature, and you're, you know, being you, an argument starts, like you, you understand that, that where that is coming from. And you understand that if you get angry, like super angry at it, you're letting the emotional control, the emotion control you and you lose control of the situation completely. Um, and that's very common, not only in young couples, but like you said, like, I think it's a huge issue right now in our, in our society in general, you know, like we, we haven't been raising kids to learn to be emotionally intelligent. And I think hopefully our generation is trying to take a step in the right direction now, you know, because we have so much information because um, ultimately that affects relationships in every shape, in every form, you know, family relationships, romantic relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Totally. So that's it, guys. I hope we gave you some stuff to think about it. And we'd love to hear from you. So connect with us through social media. 
Yep. We're on Instagram at mama.relax with two X's at the end. And um, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, Mile. Bye. Bye.